0: Hello, this is Charles Ojebu with the Letchback Digital Commons Research Cooperative. And on this episode of the Phil Matt series on musings, I'm going to be talking about a possible implementation of the BikeStream project for a crowdsourced uh, bike sharing system. So before uh, getting into uh, this episode, I just want to mention you know, just some quick background on some terms, uh, just in case you haven't heard about them. And then after giving the quick background, I'll just start describing a uh, bike stream. Uh, the first proof concept on their bike stream being the Data Bike Zeta one or uh, as we call it the DBZ. <laughs> uh, and then moving on to how you would uh, uh, use uh, bike stream for a uh, crowdsourced bike sharing system, and. Uh, some problems that may arise and how Bikestream can kind of help with that and then just concluding uh, the episode from there so starting with the background uh, so if you haven't heard about uh, micromobility uh, before micromobility really refers to short trips which are done by uh, small vehicles or light uh, vehicles uh, primarily it's with the uh, light electric vehicles so Usually this would be like uh, bicycles, motorbikes, uh, electric bikes, e-bikes, electric scooters, -scooters, e-scooters, shared bikes, uh, skateboards, -skateboards. e-skateboards. Now these are usually uh, what people would define as micromobility. And uh, additional uh, caveat to that as well as that's usually micromobility is for trips which are about uh, a maximum 10 to 15 miles. Uh, you know, round trip. So uh, that's kind of just uh, defining micro-mobility. And so one of the big benefits of micro-mobility is that it can help you know, lower uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions because uh, you're not using uh, gas, you're using uh, electric. Uh, it can also help lower traffic congestion because there are few people on the road because they're uh, using other uh, other modes of travel. And it can also help with uh, population growth, because you have a lot of people, that means a lot of uh, people are driving, but now you have fewer people driving, uh, at least for their short trips. And the majority of trips that most people take are generally short trips. So it can help uh, uh, reduce uh, the impact of a growing population uh, in a city. So those are some of the immediate uh, or at least well-known benefits of uh, of micromobility. And then there is the, well there are bike sharing systems and scooter sharing systems uh well, I'm just gonna say just uh, uh just micro mobility sharing systems I mean it's all kind of the same uh same thing, just you know, different mode but you know pretty much with a bike sharing system or scooter sharing system it's that it's some model where people can share bikes uh with uh with people who need them so uh, uh, for example, you have like lime which uh has a scooter sharing system so you know people who want to rent scooters and uh, ride them around uh, use Lime's app to, uh, to rent a scooter uh, well to book a scooter and then they can use uh, the scooter so Lime supplies the electric scooters while uh, the demand comes from uh, from the renters or the people who want to ride uh, the scooters and uh, I know with the lines, is like a dockless system. So there's a docked and dockless system. It's a dock system. It means that you have to return the scooter to a specific spot. While the dockless, you don't have to return it to a specific spot. Okay, And then some uh, common issues which usually arise with, uh, uh, with uh, bicycle sharing systems and uh, e-scooter sharing systems is you know, having to worry about being sure there are enough uh, Bikes for people uh, to ride, also making sure that there's enough available in certain areas, especially on demand. You know, uh, changes depending on which uh, area you're actually uh, in. So those are uh, uh, two problems that you have to deal with with uh, with a bike sharing system, uh, especially with a, a dockless uh, bike sharing system or e-scooter sharing system. Okay, yeah, I think that might be like a, enough background. I think. Uh, uh, electric bikes and electric scooters are kind of, uh, sort of explanatory. So moving on to, uh, to BikeStream. So uh, really the goal of BikeStream is to develop a uh, you know, product and collect them model to support the cooperative sharing personal mobility and sensor data from uh, micro mobility vehicles or uh, light electric vehicles and expressing autonomy over one's own micro mobility vehicles hardware and slash or software. So that's kind of the really big goal of uh of Bike Stream. And so uh under BikeStream we developed this proof of concept called the Dad Bike 001, uh acronym DBZ uh, 001, uh back uh if I'm correct, uh, last year, yeah, uh, in twenty twenty. And so uh the Dad bike uh Zero Zero One is a uh converted uh e bike. So we uh Took a regular bike and we uh, converted it into an e-bike by adding some electrical parts. And because we really want to uh, show the possibility of people developing their own uh, e-bikes by conversion, which is a little bit cheaper than just buying a pre-made e-bike, and also you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, you know breaking any warranties or uh, violating any uh, software or hardware licenses. Or uh, IP rights. Really, if you you know, just buying the parts and putting it all together yourself. So, we bought the parts and we uh, put it together. We made, the, made an e-bike, and so to make it a data bike, we needed to add a uh, a single board computer uh, onto the the e-bike so that it could capture. Uh, and process, well, uh, capture, process, and stream data from the e-bike, and so we wanted to see if we could also do it in real time, which we found that we could, which was pretty awesome. You know, real-time streaming of data from an e-bike as we're using it's actually like, one of the coolest things uh, I think I've, uh, we've ever done. So, you know, we've, we actually made it all possible, and so with uh, the with the single-board computer, uh, we got a Raspberry Pi uh, to use for it. Uh, alternatively, you could also use like an Arduino or uh, our, our any number of single board computers. Uh, so uh, we just chose uh, Raspberry Pi, that's, that's just uh, the one I was more familiar with. And so on the Raspberry Pi, uh, we create this Python program, which you can find uh, on the GitHub uh, repository to, uh, to process uh, the data that we collect from our uh, Cycle Analyst uh, 3, which is uh, the onboard bike computer for the e-bike. And so we take all this uh, data, which we collect from the cycle analyst, uh, which includes battery information, uh, speed, distance, uh, you know, good amounts of like, uh, you know, part information. So we know like when the brakes have been hit, we know when there's been errors. You know, so a really cool information also, like when the motor has been hit, we know how, uh, you know how much electricity has been used. So yeah, you know, it's, you know, you got a lot of really good, useful information. About how the e-bike is uh, operating, and uh, additionally we also got a, uh, a geolocation uh, data by connecting the Raspberry Pi to uh, a Nexus 5x smartphone uh, via Bluetooth, and using uh, an app, I think it's a uh, GPS uh, to Android. I might be uh, uh, misremembering the name, but it's an app actually sorry, yeah, it's actually Bluetooth to GPS. And by using this app, we were able to uh, transfer uh, the uh, geolocation uh, data from the smartphone uh, via the GPS sensor on the smartphone and uh, send that to the Raspberry Pi via a Bluetooth connection. So we took both of uh, you know we took that data and we combined it with the with the e-bike data from the Cycle Analyst three, and then you know, package it together. So and then we had to process it so that you could put it into pretty much just like one sheet. So it's in like this nice little uh you know kind of like a like an Excel sheet form. You know, it's just rows and columns. And so it's in a CSV. Which is, you know, always really, really nice. And then from there we had to figure out how to stream uh that uh, that data uh you know to uh to somewhere else, and so we wanted to see if we could use you know Web three tech so that we could uh, show that you know you don't necessarily need to store it on any individual server; you can just send it to a network of uh, of nodes who will you know host. Well, someone host and make sure that your data can be transferred. And so we did that with uh, with Streamer, which is uh, a platform on the Ethereum blockchain for real time data streaming. So we went on Streamer, set up a stream, got our uh, got our API key, and then put that onto the Raspberry Pi so that uh, we could take the data we got from the smartphone for the GPS and the uh, the cycle 3 for the e-bike information. Put you know of course put it all together and then stream it onto Streamer uh, and put it as a Streamer product so that people you know, people want our data they can technically. Bites data, but you know we let us free because you know we we're just testing. But you know we just you know with our proof of concept with our data bike says have shown that it's possible to you know set up your own e-bike and your own data bike which you know logs your data, yeah can process your data and then stream your data for you. The only you know promise that's you know doing this uh, in uh, in real time is does uh is a little computationally intensive for like a Raspberry Pi. So if you are thinking about uh, making your own uh, data bike, which I do recommend, uh, try to see if you can find a single board computer which has uh, a good amount of RAM. So if you can find one that might have like two or more gigs of RAM, that might uh, really help you and uh, hopefully not slow down uh, your single board computer. Uh, because you know since you're running it you know and it's live it's you know processing a lot of data at one moment in time so you know, it can uh can weigh the raspberry pi down. But we showed with this proof of concept that you can't create a data bike, stream it to uh streamer, and if you want, you can have people pay for it uh you know via crypto. And uh, on streamer, it's with uh, their, uh, their token, which is the data token. So it is, uh, it is very doable. And so we did put a product out there. I think it's called the Mobility Data Cyclist Association. And if you find it on streamer, you can see the data from the bike, uh, the way we use it for a while. But it's out there, and you can see how uh, you know, it works. And so one of the other things we wanted to see, as well as, like, can we make a data union? Uh, and so to me, data union is to say data cooperative. But, you know, going back to the purpose, which is the cooperative share of personal mobility and sensor data. You know, if we have a, a marketplace or a data union, you know, we can get everyone to pull their, uh, their data from their data bikes to one place. And then we can sell it all together, uh, to, uh, to, uh, third parties who would be interested. So for example, like, uh, like your, uh, regional transportation agency or anyone who wants to like buy your, uh, mobility data or your uh, e-bike data so you know, might be like concerned uh, uh you know e-bike companies might want to know how you're using the e-bike so that's one uh, possible buyer as uh, so a regional transportation agencies because they want to see how people are using you know e-bikes around and also to see you know if possible you know how uh people are riding on trails another you know cool thing you can also do is just show people just uh you know, just the quality of trails with the quality of the road as well for uh, for uh, bike lanes. So that's something else uh, you can do. Uh, just kind of like more of a citizen science thing. But there's a lot you can do with it. And so those are like two potential, uh, uh, by, uh, you know, parties that we thought could uh, take this data and make it uh, more useful. Or uh, thirdly, you could also give it to an aggregator who just takes mobility data and sells it to, uh, to some third party. So that's a... Uh, Know, three possible parties there who we thought would be uh, interested in the data So that's uh bike stream Yeah, uh, you know, we did make some slides for bike stream uh, Which are available on speaker deck if we search uh, uh, Ledgerback, you should be able to find the bike stream slides or just search bike stream uh, On speaker deck and you should be able to find the slides. I'm not sure if the slides are on the Jethub uh, repository uh, but i think there might be a link to them uh there so yeah so that's uh so that's bike stream okay and now i'm just going to go on to uh the implementation for uh for the crowdsourced uh dockless e-bike uh uh, uh e-bike sharing system and so you know, I was reading this really cool uh uh research paper that came out uh pretty recently well, uh, at least in January. So, kind of reason for research. I uh, titled a novel crowdsourcing model for micromobility ride-sharing systems. I uh, came out uh, uh, January first, 2021. This is about a novel model for a uh, for uh for uh, for a bike. Well, for micromobility share- ride-sharing system, but you know, uh, specifically since. Yeah, you know, we only have a data bike, not a data scooter. <laughs> uh, it would just be for uh, for bike sharing uh, right now. But uh, it's a really really nice uh, uh, research paper. Just talking about you know you know uh, some of the you know, giving like a nice little literature review of you know, micro-mobility, uh, ride sharing systems. And this is where I also got my information for uh, for some of the problems that you had to deal with with uh, uh, with ride sharing. But so in there. Uh, their novel crowdsourcing model and it's actually probably so much as some of the thoughts I've been having you know, in the past though I haven't had the chance yet to uh, really write them down so in their model you know, they have three entities uh, first they have a supplier that's a person offering their private uh, uh, e-scooter or e-bike uh, for hire uh, two uh, customers these are you know, the people who want to rent out the, uh, the mobility vehicles. And three, a management party, who is uh, responsible for receiving, hiring, booking demands, and uh, matching them. So kind of like handling a, a booking service and just managing uh, the relationship between uh, the renters and the suppliers. And so you know, to me, that was just pretty cool. And that's something that you know, I've also been thinking about. And so the suppliers you know, offer their own uh, private you know e-bikes, e-scooters, and so, and then the management party just makes sure that you know that the demand matches uh, the the supply given by these uh, private uh, suppliers, and that's uh, you know, they suppose that's one of the advantages of uh, of the system is that it shifts the charging and maintenance efforts. To the suppliers, so you know one of the problems, of course, if you have a dockless, uh, migrant Billy sharing system, is that you know you always have to worry about battery range and what happens you know when the when the battery dies. Like who's going to go charge the scooter? So I know with like Lime, they have people like you know people who actually go and just charge the the batteries for them. But in uh, in this paper, they're saying that you know it'll be the supplier themselves. Which I think it's you know possible. I'm not sure they would have the time to do it. uh, uh, Just concerned you know the the demand for uh, for renting uh, uh, an e-bike might not match their schedules. But the maintenance, one, you know, does really make sense because you know of course they want to maintain the bike so it can be used. And so really, what's you know what would happen here is that uh, apparently the customer would pretty much just be paying. You know, a small percentage to the management party and then most of the money will go to the private supplier so since the private supplier is incentivized uh, by the possibility of getting you know, uh, money from the renter they're going to maintain their bike so that they have a better chance of, uh, of renting out their, uh, their micro mobility vehicle so that's kind of a uh, a way to uh, take a little bit of the burn out the maintenance uh, party, since, you know, let example, like, Lime, like, Lime has to maintain all their e fleets, like, it's only up to them. Sure, they have people who charge, but, you know, the repairs and whatnot, you know, making sure that you know, it doesn't really cause too much problems, like, that's all on Lime. But here, uh, it would be, you know, managed by, uh, by the actual private suppliers. And so, that's, uh, that's a big difference, and then, as I said before, you know, you have the Incentive comes from the customer for the suppliers to make sure that, uh, to make sure that they maintain the uh, the mobility of vehicle, because they can get paid for renting it out. Well, okay, let me make sure I uh, I maintain uh, maintain my uh, my vehicle. Another uh, benefit to uh, you know to the supplier uh, that comes along with this is the fact that they get to choose, or at least uh, I think they should be able to choose you know the times and the locations when uh their uh micro mobility vehicle will be available for rent so you know let's say you uh you know you're you know you got an e-bike but you know you got you know you know uh like uh work you know you got <laughs> working out uh, a late shift and you know you can't uh, uh you know you're not gonna be using your e-bike at night however it's like there's no reason why you get, you need to really have your e-bike be idle you know, and uh, at at that time, you can just you know offer your uh, e-bike for rent uh, to other people, so that way you know you can it like, can be used and uh, uh and you can you know get uh, some payments for that, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, some of the benefits of my own mobility, right-turn systems, that also comes into play, and so that's one of the possible benefits, so, you know, kind of, like, uh, you consider sort of like, uh, like, Uber or Lyft, is like, well, you, you get to this, I mean, you, well, you're, you're supposed to be able to decide when you can, uh, you know, offer rides, uh, on Uber and Lyft, uh, it's not necessarily as straightforward as that, but, you know, just using, you know, uh, the general Uber models, like, you know, you choose when you, uh, when, uh, when you're uh, offering uh, rides. And so uh, with, uh, with this model, you can be doing a, s- a similar thing. And also you know, having the ability to choose you know, which locations uh, to uh, uh, return uh, the e-bike to as well. So that would be some interesting uh, benefits that could be uh, provided uh, to the supplier. And so the rest of the paper just goes uh, into this really, you know, interesting uh, approach about using an agent-based modeling for e e-scooter system, where you know you actually uh, test out uh, this novel crowdsourcing uh, uh, model. But I'm not really going to get into it, just because that would take like forever, uh, and this episode's already, you know, getting a, already getting a little too long. So I'm just going to move on to how uh the bike stream implementation would be uh similar to the novel crowdsourcing uh model and then some of the ways we can uh mitigate uh some of the problems so some of the problems that uh, can actually uh, arise uh with this one is you know is that there might be you know extra liabilities and uh hidden operating costs that can come up by having the uh, individual suppliers so, you know, let's say you're an individual uh, supplier and uh, you're bringing, uh, you know, your e-bike and let's say there's a little bit of a problem with your e-bike and someone, you know, rents out your e-bike and then they ride it and then they get, you know, injured. Which sucks. But, you know, of course, the question becomes, you know, are you liable for that person's injury if, uh, if they get injured because of... Uh, uh, because of your e-bike, which might have had some uh, some issues with it, or you know, going even further, you know, are you just liable uh, to, for the injury just because uh, you uh, you lent them the bike? Though I think that one's uh, very unlikely. But you know, let's say you know someone gets injured because of the because they used your e-bike. You know, that's you know might scare people off from uh, from using this model. Uh, and uh, additionally. You know, of course you got to, you know, there's some maintenance costs that go along with it. But you know, there might also be uh you know other things uh as well. So you know you'll also have like onboarding costs of you know trying to get these power suppliers uh, on this uh this system. And then uh additionally you'll have to worry about uh you know if people have enough uh money to uh to convert their bikes into e-bikes, uh, and perhaps just making data bikes, uh, as I described earlier uh, in the episode with the data bike set at 001. So those are some of the some of the issues there. So you know if we just uh, you know to summarize uh, the issues, uh, really, uh, so the first one would be uh, you know worrying about uh, liability for the private uh, suppliers. That's one. Uh, number two, you know, having to worry about how to onboard all these private suppliers. Uh, number three, uh, the how much uh, investments will it take for people to build their own data bikes? Pretty much. Uh, let's see. Are there any other uh, issues uh, as well here? Uh, let me think about. It. Oh, and yeah, and then there's a fourth issue, which is just making sure that there's some standardized uh data bike form, so you know st- you know you much would have to define uh the the well first data schema for you know what information needs to be uh transported and you know a service to be hosted uh but uh, that's really more on the 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 management side uh but you know just having a standardized uh data bike so like you know the parts that you would add to have uh you know uh, how, how it's supposed to be built. Like he's reviewing uh, how these uh, data bikes are being built, so that you know they're not uh, not, not necessarily uh, too dis- uh, too uh, distinct from each other, to where you might get certain injuries. So, for example, just making sure like the speed of uh, all the data bikes, you know, doesn't exceed a certain speed limits. So let's just say, for example, shouldn't go any faster than twenty-five miles per hour. So, like, how would you ensure that everyone makes sure that they're uh, their data bikes you know will not exceed uh... 25 miles per hour on the a, on a flat road you know we're not uh, taking counts uh... uh... you know any time they're uh, going downhill but just on a flat road will go y'all, you know, beyond 25 miles per hour so you know things like that and uh... and uh... Yeah, you know, things like that. And I think, yeah, you know, another possible issue is, of course, is worrying about, like, the, you know, do these prior suppliers have insurance, uh, on their, uh, on their, uh, micro-mobility vehicles, you know, just in case it gets damaged, and, uh, also going back to, you know, the liability for someone getting injured, you know, do you have insurance for that? So those are, like, issues, uh, that you would, uh, that you would have to, uh, deal with he went with this crowdsourced uh, uh, model or this novel one with the price suppliers providing uh, their data bikes but i think with uh with bike stream and if you use a mobility cooperative i think you can actually get around some of these uh some of these issues because uh you know so uh uh because the management side which is where the cooperative would really uh, come and take over uh can uh can uh really help handle some of these hidden costs uh that's uh that i just mentioned which is like four or five now <laughs> uh and then also uh especially dealing with uh with the uh you know can people create data bikes or just converting their uh their bikes into e-bikes or adapting their current uh, e-bikes. That's something where I entirely mean, where more of the the bike stream model itself comes in. So uh, with uh, with the bike stream, you know, you would combine uh, the actual data schema uh, software with a mobility cooperative, uh, which I'm just gonna call the bike stream cooperative that together and you should be able to uh get around some of these uh some of these uh you know issues so for the first one you know the extra liability that comes in for uh you know letting other people ride your bike and you know potentially get injured this is where you know everyone being a member of the cooperative comes handy. so the suppliers will be immersed with the cooperative uh the customers would be members of the cooperative and the management would be members of the cooperative. So a multi stakeholder sorry, a stakeholder co-op where, you know, everyone's uh you know, or all the stakeholders are members. So for the suppliers, you know, the you know, cooperative would handle most of the management. And so the co op, you know, would you know ensure that you know, if you're a supplier and you want to join, that's the co op, you know, would give you insurance to cover uh damages to your micro mobility vehicle and protect you from uh, uh, from being uh, directly liable for uh, any injuries uh, to uh, any of the customers so you know if there's any liability that just sticks to uh, the cooperative instead of uh, the individual so there's some limited liability there so that's some you know good protection so that's one way you can deal with uh, well uh one of these issues. And then going to uh the uh really big onboarding problem. So by having uh uh this uh bike cooperative, once again going back to management, the management site is the one who goes around trying to, you know, uh get uh suppliers to join. And so since we're dealing with uh for the platform here and we have uh two distinct sites yeah, you know, we got suppliers and then we also got uh customers. You know it's onto the cooperative to you know to try to get one or the other side. So try get customers to try to get suppliers. Ideally you would try to get suppliers. And so it'd be onto the cooperative to do all the onboarding. And this is something that, you know, co ops already do anyway. So this is kind of like just naturally fits in you know, they can grow the membership that way so suppliers become members and then it's like, alright, so this is how we attract them. So that's one way of helping to deal with the onboarding. And uh, another way that also helps with onboarding is just the fact like with Bikestream, you have the GitHub repository, you know the parts. Uh, so the cooperative itself would also manage the uh, the data bike standard. So you would know which parts you can use, uh, which software to use. So you can build a standard data bike that meets uh, uh, that meets the specifications for the for the bike sharing system. So that would make it a lot easier for the uh, for the onboarding, and then dealing with the the cost of people setting up uh, data bikes, or uh, you know either by converting a bike into an e bike or uh, adapting their current uh, uh, pre-assembled e bikes. Yeah, okay, this is where uh, the data project, you know, working with Streamer, you know, uh, you know, comes, uh, you know, becomes a viable method because by having Streamer, you know, having you know, every data like, connects to Streamer and connected to this products on Streamer, you can sell all this data, and so, you know, of course, the data becomes more valuable uh, and uh, as it uh, as it aggregates. So the more people, who, more suppliers that come in. The better because uh, the more uh potential rights you could have and of course uh you can also give like a a little bit of that benefit to the customer as well so the customer supplier can split a little bit of the the proceeds that come from any sales on the data so that gives a little bit of incentive for the customer to join because you know you don't just rent a bike and uh ride it but you can also get a little bit of the data uh, well, a little bit of, uh, of a return back or at least some discounts, uh kind of from the fact that you're helping sell your data. So that can help uh well I mean that would kinda help with you know setting up the, the platform. But going to the cost, you know, it, the ability to sell your data would mean that for at least, you know, every private supplier they, they do have some incentive uh to actually create their data bike. Because once you made the data bike and uh you know not just selling your data technically you could also have a... Uh, the raspberry pi uh, or any single board computer also acts as a node on the streamer network so you could also be getting paid for just you know moving data around so a lot of ways you can you know uh... uh add some uh... some revenue uh... uh generating mechanisms here and there are some others as well really the big one uh... uh... is, uh, is streamer, but there are some other things you could also do uh, but uh... But really, you know, just going to get the cost down, you know, this also goes back to the data bike standard uh, that's, uh, that the management or the co-op would handle as, you know, making sure that that bike standard is, you know, uh, is doable for most people and that the costs are, you know, usually kept low. That'll be up to the co-op or the management to, uh, to, to handle. And so uh, another thing that can also be done is that the co-op itself can also provide uh some uh some rebate program or like a reimbursement program for people who uh who make the data bikes or uh some uh, uh uh you know potentially discounts on certain products. So if you're a member of the bike stream cooperative you get discounts buying certain uh electric bike parts because they get used in data bikes. So you know you might get discounts associated with just uh becoming a member and uh... making dad bikes so that's uh, that's something uh... that can potentially work uh, another as well as that, you know, the uh... cooperative can also handle some of the costs so uh... so you, know, you can potentially go like fifty fifty so the cooperative will take fifty percent of the cost while the supplier takes fifty percent of the cost and keep in mind the supplier can still use the e-bike like really anytime <laughs> other than uh, when they're renting uh so if the uh cooperative covers some of the costs, it could potentially just require that uh you know you have to give, you know, X amount of rides to make up the other fifty percent. So this can help uh, people get uh, data bikes uh without you know having to pay the full cost and at the same time this helps uh the co op because you know, once you have the bike on, you get more rides. And once you have you know, more of these rights, that makes more data and therefore it makes the data more valuable. So you know, it really does help the co-op in itself to actually help pay for some of the costs uh, you know, of the rights. And this can come from, uh, from the membership fee. So if you want to be a supplier, you got to pay X amount of a membership fees. And same with the customers. You know, if you're a customer, you, you, know, you might also be required to pay a, a membership fee. So everyone pays uh, a membership fee, and then once uh, you know the fees come in, those fees get used to uh, help buy the parts uh, for uh, for people to make data bikes or to connect with uh, suppliers to get discounts. So you know those are ways we can kind of help lower the costs of uh, try and get people to uh, develop uh, their own data bikes. And another uh, benefit that comes along as well with, uh, with having the cooperative is you know, for the suppliers that said you can get insurance, but also you can uh, network with, uh, with uh, bike repair shops. So you can you know, potentially also get discounts at bike repair shops. This could be in one country, it could be in uh, multiple countries. But that's something that's uh, also very possible as well, because since you know, you're bringing everyone together and you sharing your costs. Yeah, you know, of course. You know, uh, these are private suppliers, so you know, they have to, you know, maintain their uh, their uh, uh, their e-bikes, uh, uh, data bikes, and so you know, of course, maintenance costs can be somewhat high uh, sometimes. So, uh, you know, and also we gotta make sure that well, at least the cooperative has to make sure that the the bikes themselves are uh, are somewhat safe and secure enough to ride. So you know, and this is also to the benefit of the customer' safety, so the car can also require like certain safety checks be done every couple of months, just to make sure that the bike itself you know still meets the standard for uh, for the data bike standard, and that it's safe enough to ride. And if you do that, that protects the customer, which will reduce the, the chances of injury, which also reduces the chance. Of uh of uh the private supplier need to uh you know worry about whether their dad bike is built properly. And this is you know also cheaper in the long run because the private supplier of course wouldn't have to worry about personal liability, but it just means that the co-op would be less liable more often, which means there's more money saved in the co-op to actually handle the bike sharing system. So those are some of the ways you can get around this by uh, having, a, uh, uh, having a a mobility cooperative which also sells there which uh, I've called the bike stream cooperative and that would handle a bike sharing system and so with, uh, with this bike uh, sharing system uh, as I said we can get around some of those uh, uh, problems by using a cooperative model and by connecting with the network for uh... for bike repairs but also for bike parts and then on the topic of charging because uh... uh... uh, this novel crossword model doesn't talk about uh, having uh, individual chargers rather it's just the suppliers who also do the charging i think that might be difficult uh... for the suppliers just because you know they have their own schedules Uh, so that could be a little uh, problematic and so it might be uh necessary then to add uh chargers as a as a stakeholder to uh to the bike stream cooperative and these people would primarily just go around and uh and charge the uh the dad bikes uh so that they don't you know completely run out of battery <laughs> uh yeah so that's uh I think that's probably most of uh, of my thoughts on this potential implementation of uh, of the bike stream model uh, for a uh, crowdsourced micro mobility ride sharing system. Uh, I think this is actually a very possible thing to do. Uh, if you guys have uh, any thoughts, uh, questions, comments, uh, you know, improvements, uh, you think some parts are you know, don't make sense or you don't think they're viable. You know, really, any feedback you got, please, uh, please let me know. You know, by uh, sending an email to uh, ledgerback at gmail.com or just leaving a comment uh, on this uh, on this podcast and uh, on this episode. And then also the, uh, sorry, I should mention so that the actual cooperative would also probably manage the uh, the mobile app for uh, for the booking system. So, you know, this would mean that the customers and suppliers both technically own their booking app. So if there's anything they want to add, change, or whatnot, you know, they have uh, they have say in that. And so that's a big thing. And then also, uh, because, you know, the data bike standard, they're not really forced into anything. This helps with uh, ensuring that the still have some autonomy over how they set up their, uh, their data bikes, because they won't necessarily be forced into, uh, just, you know certain parts but of course you know there's certain requirements but you can kind of use any parts to kind of get there so you're know, allowing for that flexibility when it comes to building your own data bike but at the same time ensuring that there's some uh some standards so that uh you can be used for uh for bike sharing and also another benefit that could also come along from the car is that it provides uh spare parts <laughs> so you know, just in case you know uh just by one battery like the cop can also provide you know spare parts so like if you have one battery and it's kinda of dying like oh here's another battery while well, you go charge uh this battery so this way uh you don't really need to uh worry too much about the downtime when it comes to uh, to charging though I think that's a little bit less of a, a problem for e-scooters than uh, than it is for uh for uh, for e-bikes. So I think uh actual like possibly good location for this would probably be in a crowded uh, place or a, or a small town or you know, uh, or a crowded city, or just a crowded spot where you know, a lot of you know walking uh, is generally kind of required. So for example, like a university campus, uh, a big city like a, like New York where you can like actually bike around uh, Montreal uh, possibly uh, you know, around shopping malls. So yeah, anywhere you can take those, uh, you know, short trips of uh, ten to fifteen miles, you know, round uh, and uh, uh, round trip, and be able to you know get back where you're going. Oh, and just to mention one more time, it's just that uh, you know also from a uh, you know not just from the membership fees, but from the actual rental payments, you know, that also helps cover some of the maintenance costs. So some of the maintenance costs gets directly covered by. Uh, uh, by the rental of the data bikes, so you know. In this model, you have the the renter like direct. You know, you can have the renter directly paying uh, the supplier, or you can have the renter you know paying the cooperative, and then the car keeping the money for uh, for some additional uh, uh, maintenance, and of course, a portion going to uh, the supplier uh, as well and then, you know, and then also you have membership fees, which could also be used to handle some of the maintenance costs, uh, as well. Yeah. So that's it for, uh, for this episode. If you, uh, have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, please, uh, let me know by sending a message to ledgerback at gmail.com or, uh, leaving a comment on this episode. Uh, you know, uh, you know, from me, you know, I'm Charles Ojovi. You can find me on Twitter at c a d j o v u. Uh, you can find Ledgerback uh, online, uh, usually just by searching Ledgerback. Uh, you can find Ledgerback on Twitter uh, uh, at Ledgerback. Uh, so, you know, thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully, you found it you know, very informative. Uh, if you're interested in the bike stream project, we are looking for people to uh, come join us and work on us with it. Uh, uh, you know, if uh, if you're interested in e-bikes, data bikes, bike mobility, uh, Web3, uh, autonomy over uh, uh, over devices, over vehicles, you know, over uh, hardware over software, uh, and uh, or your uh, variants in data cooperatives or mobility cooperatives, uh, bikestream can probably be a project where you can really explore uh, your interests. So if you're interested. Uh, please send an email to ledgerback at gmail.com or head up the bike stream GitHub repository uh, once again thank you for listening uh this was was uh, run by me charles of uh, It's made by speaking to microphones thanks for listening hopefully come by for the next episode